0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Welcome to It's All Political on 5th and Mission. I'm Joe Garofoli, The Chronicle's senior political writer. Governor Gavin Newsom made a high-profile trip to Washington, D.C. last week to receive an award from the Education Commission of the States to recognize California's innovation in education. But the chatter around the trip was about a lot more than that. It was about Newsom possibly running for president. Newsom is in the spotlight now because many Democrats are worried about President Joe Biden's popularity. A recent New York Times-Siena College poll showed that 64% of Democrats want somebody else to run for president in 2024. That included 94% of Democrats who are under 30 years old. Yes, Vice President Kamala Harris is next in line, but her poll numbers are terrible too. So some Democrats are checking out Newsom, the leader of the world's fifth largest economy and the nation's most populous and most politically blue state. During Newsom's visit to D.C., Fox 11's Alex Michelson spoke with the governor about what the White House means to him.
2: You know, the, the context of this trip, uh, when you look at that building right there, yeah. what goes through your mind? Uh, come on, the majesty of the White House. I mean, it's a point of deep pride. You know, I mean, this is the stuff of dreams. You're a kid uh, reading history books, and uh, you talk about the folks that have walked through these halls. Uh, and so it's, for me, just as an American citizen, uh, it's always prideful to come here.
1: Now, to be fair, Newsom has brushed off all kinds of presidential-run questions. Remember, he is running for re-election in November against Republican state legislator Brian Dolly. A couple months ago, he told the Chronicle that he had, quote, sub-zero interest in running for president.
2: I've tried to say no, no way, in every way I possibly can. Absolutely no. It's just fodder. It's made up.
1: But the way that Newsom has gone on the attack against conservative leaders, it appears that he's angling for the gig. In particular, the way he's gone after Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, a likely presidential candidate in 2024. This was Newsom's message to DeSantis. Stop being a bully.
2: Stop belittling people that look differently, act differently, love differently. Who the hell are you? Stop. Stop threatening people. Stop being so coercive.
1: It's not power over. Power, dominance, aggressive, fear-mongering? At the same time, DeSantis has made a point to critique Newsom's leadership during the pandemic. As he was locking down his citizens, he would then go and have these extravagant dinners at the French Laundry to basically rub his citizens' noses in the fact that he was treating them like peasants. You know, in Florida, we weren't locking them down. We lifted our people up. It sounds like a shadow 2024 White House race has already started. Newsom may not be overtly running for president, but he's warming up in the bullpen just in case he's needed. Joining me today to talk about all things Newsom is my colleague, Sophia Bollig, who covers the governor out of the Chronicle Sacramento Bureau. Sophia, welcome to It's All Political on Fifth Admission.
0: It's great to be here.
1: Sophia, you and I have been reporting on what Newsom has been up to, like how his campaign recently spent more than $100,000 to run TV ads in Florida on July 4th. You recently wrote something about how Newsom is trying to reclaim some of the language and framing that conservatives frequently use around words like freedom. Let's take a listen to that commercial that Newsom recently starred in that ran on Fox News outlets in Florida on Independence Day.
2: It's Independence Day, so let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom its under attack in your state. Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote. Restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your
1: freedom. Sophia, what is Newsom really saying here?
0: Here, we're hearing Newsom really try to take a Republican value, uh, which in this case is freedom, and essentially take it and make it his own. So he is simultaneously trying to attack Republicans, primarily in this case, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, um, and say that they're not really for freedom by giving examples like books that You know, the State Board of Education in Florida has banned in schools there what's often referred to as the Don't Say Gay Bill, which limits essentially discussions of gay people in schools in Florida. Newsom is saying that's not really freedom. And at the same time, he's saying, I'm the real pro-freedom guy. And he's pointing to, you know, things he's done in California, like not banning books or advocating for restricting discussions in the classroom around certain topics and saying that, you know, he's he's the pro-freedom guy. So he's taking that Republican value of freedom and trying to make it his own.
1: And he's showing that he's a fighter, too, and a feeling that Democrats want a fighter in this time that, that Biden is sort of de facto saying Biden isn't a fighter and, and I'm one too. Now, conservatives had a lot of success with over the years with using terms like pro-life and tough on crime, patriotism, fiscal responsibility. Now, folks like, like Newsom are trying to turn the tables, as you said, and so is uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, a few weeks back, I wrote, when the Archbishop of San Francisco threatened to withhold communion from her because of her pro-abortion rights views, she pushed back and, and Pelosi said, I wonder about the death penalty, which I'm opposed to. So is the church, but they take no action against people who may not share their view. Sophia, let's listen to what Newsom is trying to do with the phrase pro-life. California is a pro-life state.
2: I think there's a lot of folks out there that are pro-conception to birth. But they fall wholly short of being pro-life. Because if you're pro-life, you'd support prenatal care. You'd support black infant health. You'd support child care and preschool. These same folks that claim or hold claim to this pro-life site are cutting those programs, opposing expansion of those programs in every single case. So spare me their mantra. I'm being pro-life. They don't deserve that status.
1: Sophia, what's he talking about here?
0: He's trying to do something, you know, very similar to what Nancy Pelosi um, has been trying to do. And it's very similar to what he was trying to do in that ad we played earlier about you know, freedom that he ran in Florida. He's trying to take this value or this value statement of pro-life and he's trying to not just use it for himself, but use it against the conservatives that he is fighting with here. He's saying that if you oppose abortion, but you don't support spending on social safety net programs that are aimed at helping those kids once they're actually born, then you're not really pro-life. And at the same time, he's promoting his own policies and saying these are the real pro-life policies. And he's pointed to things like healthcare spending. He's really advocated for increases in spending, particularly on state-funded healthcare for low-income people, saying that's a pro-life thing that he's doing. He's also pointed to his really aggressive COVID policies. He was the first governor to shut down his state during COVID. And he's really doubled down, even though some people have criticized him for that position and argued that it was too much of a restriction for a governor to be imposing. He's really doubled down on that and said, look, this saved lives. And my pandemic policy was pro-life because California has a lower death rate from covid then red states, he's often pointed to Texas and Florida and said, look, our numbers are better. And it's because I have the real pro-life policies. So he's trying to do essentially the same thing with the term pro-life.
1: Now, what he's doing here isn't new. Uh, All politicians like to reframe a debate to their advantage. You you point out in your story that's on sfchronicle.com that Trump did it with the phrase fake news. Trace the lineage there for us.
0: So Trump, as he was campaigning and really throughout his presidency, he got a lot of flack, particularly in the media, for making untrue statements. And the way that he fought back against that is he basically turned things back around on the journalists who were fact-checking him and said, actually, they're the fake news. And even though that wasn't accurate, Trump really did make a really huge number of inaccurate statements while campaigning, while in office. Of course, all politicians sometimes uh, stretch the truth or make untrue statements, but he really...
1: He was next level.
0: Yeah, he really outdid everybody on that front. So even though what he was saying was not true, I mean, the fact-checking of him was was accurate. You know, he did make a lot of untrue statements. He was really effective in eroding his supporters' trust in the media and convincing them that he was right, that this was fake news, And so it's not exactly the same as what Newsom is doing here, but it is an example of a politician taking a value or a slogan or an idea that's being used by their opponents and co-opting it and turning it back against them. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about why Newsom is specifically going after DeSantis. And we can see it very plainly in that New York Times-Siena College poll we referred to earlier. Trump doesn't have the hammerlock. On the Republican Party that he used to, this poll showed that only forty-nine percent of Republican voters backed Trump running for president in twenty twenty-four. And when you're below fifty percent, you know that's always the warning signs start going off. The next and by far away most popular Republican among the the base voters was Ron DeSantis with twenty-four percent of the vote. Sophia, let's fast forward to twenty twenty-four. The matchup is Newsom versus DeSantis. We will be all over that. What would these two be fighting over?
0: Yeah, well, if that were to happen, which, as you just laid out, so many ifs there, but if it did, (laughs) it would force Newsom to do something that he really has not had to do much in California, which is convince people in the middle to support him. And this tactic of taking your opponents' values, their slogans, the things they're campaigning on, and co opting them for yourself the political experts, messaging experts I talked to through the course of my reporting told me that this is a really effective technique to try to get those people in the middle. If you're Newsom, it's not going to work on the hardcore Republicans who are going to support, you know, the Republican nominee no matter what. But for the people in the middle, if you can stake out a claim to these sort of universal values that everybody in theory supports like freedom and life and health, all these things that everybody in theory thinks are good. If you can convince people that you're the one who really embodies those values, you're the real pro-freedom candidate. That you're the one who really embodies those values that everyone says that they hold, and it's not the other guy. And in fact, the other guy is is the opposite. That can be a really effective strategy in convincing people to your side, and that's essentially the matchup that this would be very effective in doing. You know, Newsom, he's running for re-election here in California. Uh, that's a pretty easy race for him unless something totally crazy happens because he's running against a Republican and Republicans just have a huge disadvantage in terms of voter registration here in California. It's extremely difficult for any Republican candidate to have serious traction statewide. And so, you know, there's been a lot of speculation that that's why Newsom is taking this opportunity to take his message nationally nationally. And try to essentially get some of those people in the middle across the country who he might need in 2024 if he is indeed facing a Ron DeSantis.
1: That's a short 17 months from now, which could be like two (laughs) weeks or I don't know if it's two decades in political time. I can never be sure as time blurs. Sophia Balik, thank you for joining me today on It's All Political on Fifth Admission.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: And I'd like to thank you all for listening and hope that you and your families are safe and healthy I'd like to thank Cecilia Lay and Karen Creighton for producing today's episode. Check out Sophia's story on how Newsom is reclaiming conservative language and my column on his shadow White House battle against DeSantis at sfchronicle.com. By the way, the camps already have pet names for each other, Sophia. Uh, Newsom camp refers to DeSantis as Governor Death Santis. And (laughs) that's a tough one. And the DeSantis camp refers to Newsom as Governor French Laundry. And remember, no matter how you define freedom, it's all political on Fifth and Mission.